Those who contemplate the beauty of the earth find reserves of strength that will endure as long as life lasts. There is something infinitely healing in the repeated refrains of nature. The assurance that dawn comes after night and spring comes after winter. Rachel Carson. Hello, my name is Claire Toggin, and you just heard from Mariel Hahn, a student here at Colorado State University, who is our guest speaker on the podcast today. Hi, Claire. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm great. So today you're joining me to discuss how the human perception of the environment has changed over time, correct? Exactly. And not just how our perception of the environment has changed, but what the real effects of that change have been and why it's so important for us to view the environment differently going forward. So what were our first perceptions of the environment? Well, a couple hundred thousand years ago, when humans first evolved, we existed almost like any other species does in the environment. We were a fundamental part of the ecosystem, and while we can't really know exactly what we thought about ourselves that long ago, I think it's pretty reasonable to say that we didn't have this view of nature as something separate from ourselves. We lived pretty harmoniously with nature as hunter-gatherers. And how does that contrast to more recent perceptions of the environment? So around the Industrial Revolution and up until the present day, humans have had an extractive view of nature. We began to alter our environment in a way that hadn't been done before, so it would be the most profitable in a capitalistic system. We began mining for fossil fuels and minerals around the world to sell for profit. And as the world started to globalize, we could see the benefits of drawing raw materials out of the ground, and that helped more people make money. Another example would be how farmers get crops from the land. And with monocropping, they could create more agricultural products than ever. But to do this, there was a shift towards using pesticides and herbicides. Now, in recent years, we've shifted our view of nature again. The publication of Rachel Carson's Silent Spring in the 1960s launched what today we know as the environmental movement. The environmental movement in conjunction with conver- the environmental movement in conjunction with conservation efforts have been incredible at protecting our environment from large corporations who are seeking profit through resource extraction. However, while setting aside land does protect nature, it keeps it separate from us and actually helps to justify this harmful utilitarian perspective of nature. Essentially, by protecting lands and national parks and forests, it makes it seem like the rest of nature is indispensable and can be dominated over without consequence. This is interesting because a lot of people see wilderness preservation as the best solution for maintaining a healthy planet, but it sounds as though the conservation movement isn't really doing enough to preserve nature. Are there other relationships with nature that exist besides these two? Yes, there's also something called traditional ecological knowledge. I learned about traditional ecological knowledge through a research paper published by Raymond Periotti and Daniel Wildcat. They discuss how traditional ecological knowledge describes the perspective and relationship that indigenous populations have developed through their long history in coexisting with nature. It's based around the understanding that nature and humans have a symbiotic relationship. So while humans are dependent on nature for their survival, nature is just as dependent on us in order to be healthy and function at its best. This can be seen through specific fishing practices so that rivers stay healthy, or even through the removing of dead plants and forests so only the stronger ones grow. This relationship between nature and humans have been developed over hundreds of thousands of years, so it's an incredibly well-established one. It's just not widely understood outside the indigenous community. The conservation movement and utilitarian perspective contrast with traditional ecological knowledge. The intimate relationship that early humans and today's indigenous populations have had with nature hardly exists anymore. The extractive view of nature pushed Western society 
to want to control nature, and the conservation movement taught us that nature is better separate from humans. Both of these perspectives have encouraged an idea that humans should not be a part of nature, and we are now starting to see the consequences of our absence from wilderness. The documentary film Tending the Wild dives into a lot of them, but here at home I think about how we've just had the two largest wildfires in Colorado history. These fires grew to be so large just because of the dead brush and needles that have built over time. The practice of forest management that indigenous populations have followed made use of knowledge gained from thousands of years of experimenting. They learned that fire was actually necessary in order to keep forests healthy, which is why these large fires haven't happened in the past. The practice of traditional ecological knowledge helped to prevent these fires in the past because indigenous populations have had such an intimate relationship with nature that they understand the need for activities such as controlled burning. Have you seen the use of traditional ecological knowledge in any new policies regarding the environment? Yes, actually. The documentary, Tending the Wild, that I mentioned earlier discusses some. And recently, especially with the massive forest fires in Colorado and in California, government officials and conservationists are looking towards indigenous approaches of traditional ecological knowledge to better understand how to prevent these devastating events in the future. So this could be increasing controlled burns in the forest to safely remove pine needles and brush that build on the forest floor. But our utilitarian approach to nature that we've had, this desire to control and manipulate nature to our advantage, has caused so many widespread consequences that now humans have affected everything in every corner of the planet. We have already created so many devastating changes to our environment that we have now entered what is known as the Anthropocene. Can you elaborate on what the Anthropocene is and what you think would be the best approach to changing our perceptions in relationship with nature in the future? So a lot of people have never actually heard of the Anthropocene, which is understandable. Unless you've studied geology or anthropology, it doesn't really come up a lot. I learned about the Anthropocene through a book called The Sixth Extinction by Elizabeth Colbert. And she talks about how the Anthropocene is the new and current geologic epoch. It's defined by the fact that humans have altered the composition of the Earth so much that we have left a noticeable difference in the geologic record. In other words, there's no place in the world that hasn't been affected or changed by the presence of humans. And we have a long list of impacts to the planet. Most of the world's rivers have been dammed or diverted. We've used more than half of the world's fresh accessible water runoff. And fertilizer plants produce more nitrogen than is fixed naturally by all terrestrial ecosystems. These are all changes that we have made to the planet, and they affect the smallest organisms in an ecosystem and even have reciprocal effects on ourselves. For example, diverting water not only affects the lives of organisms in the water, it changes who has access to water amongst human populations. Now, we can't exactly undo what we've done in the past to make our impact on the earth disappear. But moving forward, we can start to make some changes. For me, and hopefully for other people, by learning about the impact we've had on the Earth, we can reframe our perception of our place in the world. We aren't separate from nature. So whether you're in your backyard or in Rocky Mountain National Park, what we do is going to have an effect on the environment. And if we don't realize that soon, we're going to have an incredible crisis on our hands. How do you suggest shifting our view of nature in the future, and why do you think that it's so important that we do? So this is a tricky thing to do. If you live in New York City or even a place like Fort Collins, it's super easy to feel distant from nature. We don't gather our own food, and we don't really see where our garbage goes after we throw it away. Everything has become super easy for us, and we have been taught that in order to experience nature, we have to leave 
our house and our towns and go somewhere where people don't live. But we are beginning to approach a tipping point with climate change. And a lot of scientists say that we have until between 2030 and 2050 to make a significant reduction in an environmental footprint. The researcher George Lakoff published a brilliant research paper on the idea of framing, which is basically understanding the different systems that make up an idea or a subject. In his paper, he discusses why it matters how we frame the environment, how different individuals like conservatives and liberals frame the environment affect the policies they support, for example. But with regard to the environment, we are lacking a lot of frames because we have taught ourselves that humans are and should be separate from nature through these utilitarian and conservation practices. We need to change this frame of our separation from nature because when we do, we will have more empathy and compassion for what happens to nature in the future. We need the public to really understand the symbiotic relationship between humans and nature so that we can mobilize quicker and create more effective change. Recognizing the Anthropocene is an important step in this because it signifies that climate change is human-induced, which means we have a responsibility to fix it. But I think one of the big things that the public needs to do is reframe how we think we can be a positive change for the environment. We've been taught that individual changes and sacrifices are what will make the biggest impact, but Lakoff argues that it's really political change that is the most important, and I agree with him. We need to incorporate traditional ecological knowledge into government policies, but I think the easiest thing we can do is work at an individual level to reestablish our connection with nature. We need to try and think about where our food comes from and how we have an impact on the planet. This will create that movement for supporting changes in government policies that are necessary. And of course, educating ourselves about the environment and our history with it will help with this too. So it sounds like there's a whole variety of things that can be done to fix our relationship in, with nature in order to prevent this global tipping point. Exactly. Well, I think your talk with me today really helped informed a lot of listeners and hopefully started a small change in some of their lives. I hope so too. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope to see some changes in environmental policy soon. Thank you.